This is the Authentic Sex Podcast. Real life conversations about sex, pleasure and relationships. I'm your host, Juliet Allen. Welcome to episode 19 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. My name is Juliette Allen. I'm a sexologist and sex and relationship coach. And in this episode of Authentic Sex, I invited my beautiful friend and fellow mother onto the show to talk about all things money, manifesting wealth, manifesting abundance, the basics of manifestation and how to manifest anything in life. We also spoke about conscious conception of children and Caitlin's experience of that, touch briefly on her home birth. But most of this episode is really about like our attitude around money, how we went from being flat broke to manifesting wealth, how we cleared limiting beliefs. There's really practical tips around what things you can do right now to begin clearing limiting beliefs and increasing um, your wealth potential and your potential to create a life that you love and create freedom and Oh, and the other thing we spoke about is how to like find open, deep and meaningful friendships with other people and how to manifest that. So oh, if you can tell, I'm super excited because I just got off recording and I'm so inspired by the conversations that we have. And to be honest, this is actually one of my favorite episodes and, and like, yeah, I'm super inspired. So um, I really hope that you enjoy this this episode with Caitlin and myself and also invite you and remind you that Pleasure School is now open for new student enrollments and in that there's also lessons about manifesting um, wealth and money and multidimensional wealth. So if you're interested in learning more and interested in learning more about sex and relationships and pleasure, it's all in Pleasure School. You can study from the, the comfort of your own home and enrollments are now open. So head over to my website www.juliet-allen.com. This episode of Authentic Sex is sponsored by the Juliet Pleasure Wand. The Juliet is a premium crystal pleasure wand designed to heighten your sexual energy, increase self-love and self-pleasure, expand your orgasmic experiences and connect you to your true sexual essence. You can read more and purchase your own crystal wand by visiting my website, www.juliet-allen.com. Caitlin, I'm so excited to have you on this episode of Authentic Sex. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here and chatting to you. Yeah, I've been wanting to get you on for literally, well, since we met. And um, it's just never happened, but luckily it's happening now. Um, So... I just want to introduce you to everyone who's listening. Caitlin's my friend and Caitlin and and also a beautiful mother, fellow mother, I should say. So actually one of the questions was, are you guys mums? So answering that question straight away is yes, we're both mothers. Um, And um, we met in about, do you reckon what year? Like 2016 or something? Yeah, no, actually, I'd say earlier. No, it was, no. It was 2016, but we were chatting like online and stuff before then, I reckon. 
Okay, so we met online kind of like Instagram friends and then we um, were on the same tantra training in Bali and um, I knew your now husband through another thing I went to and, yeah, the rest yeah. is history. At the time you had your shaved head. Remember just oh, walking yeah. through the palm trees and just seeing you there in the sun and the ocean and your pink dress and your bald head glistening. And- that pink dress, I remember that. It was like peachy pink. Yeah, it was gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was fun. And so, um, yeah, we kind of bonded there. And, and then Tully, your husband, um, is now really good friends with Nick, my partner. Yeah. Their, their so, bromance is like a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I'm just like, what the hell? I was friends with you first, and now you guys are just broing down big time, and I barely even chat to Tully anymore. <laughs> and they just have these bro dates like way more regular than us, which I actually love. It's great. It, it is quite adorable, isn't it? Mm. I love yeah. it. Whenever Tom gets off the phone to Nick, he's just so stoked and happy and just bounces around <laughs> life. Oh, did you just chat to him? <laughs> that's so good so um you just had a baby Rafi how old is he now five months wow that went quick yeah it's nuts it's a bit bittersweet you know like you get excited that they're growing and then you just want to sob hysterically that they're growing Mm. yeah I know I kind of remember that feeling long time ago my daughter, for people who are listening who have never listened to the podcast before, is 14 years old. So there's a big difference in age between our kids, and I'm way older than you. Um, how old are you? 24. 24, yeah. You could basically be my daughter. Um, no, you couldn't. Could you? <laughs> oh, my God, I'll do the sums later. You couldn't. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Oh, I've got Caitlin, I've got you on the show today and we're going to talk about um, manifesting wealth and money because that's something that we both love chatting about and we've had some good combos about before and always said we'd love to chat about on the podcast. And it's something that people have asked me heaps of questions about and that I've shared um, quite openly about on social media. So we're going to talk about that first. And then we're going to talk a bit, touch on conscious conception because um, your son was consciously conceived. And I just, I know people want to learn more about conscious conception and, you know, what you guys guys did and I guess you could share from a personal point of view and then touch a bit on um, your choice of a home birth and um, why you chose that and why both you and I are big supporters and fans of home birth so they're the three topics I want to touch on so we did a shout out on Instagram and I got some questions from people and so we're just going to launch into the questions I think that's the best best way forward yeah it will be cool uh so let's start with manifesting money and wealth (sighs) so um the first question is where to begin with manifesting in general so for those listening who are like what is what are what do they even mean by manifesting how would you describe manifesting because you're big into manifesting. You're like one of the master manifestors out of my whole friendship circle. Um, yeah. I like that. I'll, I'll keep that one on. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that could um, be your title. 
mother and master, master manifesto. <laughs> there you go. Part of me wants to like Loki throw up because it sounds so woo-woo, but at the same time, yeah. it's a thing. So, I mean, yeah. So manifesting, essentially it's create, creating your reality, right? Um, mm. And making things happen. However, I don't know, for me, it's, it's kind of a mix of a bit of magic thrown in there alongside like psychology and just really manipulating your life really in a way that allows you to create freely and experience the feelings and experiences that you want to experience. So um, for anyone who's just listening, good person to look into, Joe Dispenza. He's mm. great, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He goes into it, all the science behind it, which is great because – I know I'm quite an intuitive person. So someone can say something and I'm like, yeah, that feels right. And I'll just run with it. Whereas a lot of people I know need the science of it all. Um, yeah. And the quantum yeah, so, physics. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love Joe Dispenza too. So yeah, good, good, good recommendation. Yeah, he's so good. But essentially, yeah, it's the ability to firstly, I guess, take responsibility for your life up until this moment and doesn't necessarily mean that um, everything that's happened has been your fault, but it means that from here on out, we can then, I guess, take responsibility for our emotional well-being moving forward. And it's, I guess, this idea that our emotional body is a magnet to some extent. And so, you know, we there's like this documentary that was ages and ages ago made called The Secrets, real pretty basic, like great introduction to everything. Um, but it talks a lot about, you know, ask for what you want, believe it will happen, think positively and it will happen. And that's all well and good, but I really feel like manifestation or creating the life that you want, it's beyond just the mind. And so you can have a good vision and a clear idea for what you want to create. But if then you live up in your head and stay up there, it's like, every time you hit against resistance, it's just such a, I guess, like head fuck a bit. Whereas mm. you come back into the body and, and get in tune with your emotional well-being and clearing out past emotional baggage that may, maybe you've carried through life. And then also focusing on cultivating the emotions and feelings and embodying that for the things that you're wanting helps to create like a magnet force. So it's almost like your mind throws out the idea of what you want and your emotional body brings it back in to your reality mm. and allows you to have the actual experience of the things that you're wanting. So all of the time, like we think we have this big list of what we want, mm. um, but really we want those things because they're going to allow us to feel something. Mm. And so it's, it's kind of swinging more towards, okay, how can we invite those feelings in more often now? Yeah. Rather than ticking off this list and then realizing that we feel empty because we, we gave the green tick, but not actually enjoying what we're experiencing. That's a really good way to put it. So how do you, like, what are some general ways in which you manifest for those people who are like, Oh, this sounds good, but how the hell do I do that without just writing a list and sticking it on my bedroom wall and hoping that it will happen? I guess like probably to start is like just making sure that your intentions for your life are your own. Like, mm. you know, society, we'll just blame society for everything, right? Mm. <laughs> There's so many ideas out there for what makes a good life or a successful life or a balanced life, et cetera, et cetera. And mm. I think first things first is just literally 
getting back in our own lane because there's just, there's so many different paths to the same sort of things. And Mm. we really got to give ourselves a bit more respect and reverence for the fact that like our experience in our life and the things that we're wanting in our life are so unique to us and that there isn't a roadmap to take to get there. You know, Mm. there's no, we're not, um, we're not, robots (laughs) robots <laughs> there's no yeah. six steps to achieving this like that doesn't really exist mm. for humans properly you know like we have to be on our own compass and sit in our own alignment and you'll notice that when you're making decisions from an aligned space that are actually your own when they genuinely evoke excitement or you can't sleep at night because you keep thinking about it and you're so excited or it makes you feel even calm or just expansive that feeling of like expansiveness and when mm-hmm. it's an idea or a goal or something that isn't your own it usually brings you into contraction and makes you feel a bit obligated or um like the energy is limited. Like you don't have this sustainable energy for that goal. It's like you have to keep motivating yourself, so to speak. Um, Mm. I guess the first things first is to really give ourselves the space to dream up our life for ourselves and, and remove the limitations of what we think we're allowed to have, what we think we deserve. What, or what our parents want us to do or our partner wants us to do yeah. or our kids think, you know, we, you know, like what they think we should do, like all these, these other people in our life that we can sometimes tailor our life to please. It's like what, you know, I think what you're saying is great. And I think sometimes what I do is I ask myself, like, what would I do and what would I want to manifest if I didn't have to think of anyone else? Like what's the what's the dream that excites me? Not what I think I should be doing because I'm at a certain age or because I've gotten to this stage in my career. What's, what should I do? It's like, what lights me up? That's that's a really good point. Like how would you live your life if you didn't know how it should be lived really? Mm -hmm. And then, and then's the dream. And because I guess we've been like, and I'm speaking generally here, we've been brought up in a world that's quite intellectual based. So we're trained to see the problem and things and why it can or can't work out. Um, and what may be like a roadblock. However, you know, I, I feel like the world's really being guided now into an emotional intelligence. And so it's, it's so much more beyond the mind now. It's not, Oh, will this work out? Won't this work out? And the reality now, especially with, you know, we've got the online space that we can utilize as well. Like there's so much more um, ability to create now more than ever before. Like we're in such a potent time where this is a moment on earth where we can literally create anything. We can create our own heaven on earth. And so with that, it's like, okay, well, if it's possible for other people, it's possible for me too. Mm-hmm. And anything possible. Like when I'm, I remember like years ago, I remember being like, okay, I really want to be able to like make money while I sleep. Nobody I knew really like knew personally was making money while they slept. I'd heard stories, mm. but really like my environment wasn't replicating to me that that was possible. So I could have easily been like, well, that's not possible. I can't yeah. make money while I sleep. Like you have to go to a job. You have to work really hard. It's not supposed to be easy. So that's where the brain comes in. It's like, here are all these limitations. Mm. However, when I came back into my body and I was like, well, you know, like let's just shed all of this shit that I've been brought up with. What are all these beliefs that actually aren't true, but I mm. think they're true because I've been told they're true. But what, literally what if nothing we believed was true? Mm. And then if I could have it all my way, what would I choose? Oh, mm. I would choose to take money while I slept. Of course. 
So that's when I went and looked, okay, show me some examples of people who are making money while they sleep. If it's possible for them, it's possible for me. That's as simple Mm. as it is. And then it's then going on that journey of making that the reality. And that's where the manifesting really starts to kick in. Mm, cool um I love that you're 24 like you're so young but from the moment that I met you which was when you were probably like 20 or something you've been so clued on to like that's what you want and you've been so like interested in in these topics and I don't know it's really inspiring for me because um I love your fresh energy and like how, how like easily you create these things in your life. And so, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are. Anyone can do it, but it's cool that you're, you know, at the age you are, you're doing, you're doing this. Cause imagine when you're my age, which is 38 and you're like, you, you're just going to be like fucking, I don't know what you'll be doing. That's what you'll be yeah exactly um so um all right I'm just gonna go back to the questions so you've kind of spoken about manifesting in general um oh this question's interesting um how long is it oh yeah we'll go into this so let's talk about wealth let's just go straight to it how long has it taken both of you to manifest wealth in your lives Mm. and like this could be referring to anything because wealth doesn't just have to do with money. Like there's multidimensional wealth, which is having wealth in all you know areas and aspects of our life. Today we are, I want to focus on money because it's, you know, a taboo topic and it's going to trigger some people. It's juicy to talk about. It's so juicy and fun to talk about and it's not talked about enough. And so, um, yeah, how long did it take you before you like, when did you begin this journey of, of like knowing that you wanted to let go of limiting beliefs or anything that you'd been taught as a child or whatever, or maybe you hadn't, maybe you were lucky and had parents who like didn't have a lack mentality, but um, yeah. And then get to a stage now where, you know, you're well on your way to both you and your husband um, creating a life where you feel like there is an abundance of money and you know that you can, create wealth yeah Mm. great question i'm excited to hear your answer as well because i don't know if like we've gone deep into that for you either but um yeah so like how i grew up was you know my my mom and dad were both school teachers and my mom's parents were school teachers and my dad's parents um migrated from africa when he was really little so like it's not like there was a lot of money going around and they just learned the system and learn the rules and play the game kind of thing with jobs and society and that sort of thing. And like, they were okay. They were fine. Like there were definitely moments in my childhood where we had like almost no money, like literally to the point of there's barely any food in the fridge, if any. And it's like, we have to wait till payday before we can go food shopping, like that sort of thing. And you grew up in a household of how many kids, like how many children did have your parents got? seven kids. So I'm the eldest. My youngest sister is eight at the moment. Um, yeah. And so my parents were on like one teacher's income. Mom was a stay at home mom at the time. Um, and they just did the best with what they had and what they could. And they did a really great job at raising us. Um, so they, yeah, they've done amazing regarding that. However, I did definitely notice, you know, um, my mom would be a spender. She would love to spend money. And my dad was a hoarder. Like he would keep money because he, mm. he was obviously, you know, like 
his job is to provide. So if mum spends the money, he needs to hold on to it. Um, yeah. So my relationship with money growing up wasn't healthy at all. It was mm. um, that I didn't believe that there was really enough and that I had to save uh, my money if I wanted anything, but I really struggled to save because I was kind of like my mum and really enjoyed spending. Um, it was more so just the belief system of I have to work really hard for money because everywhere I looked, that's what I was told. And at school, mm. like literally spend however many years at school being told you want to get a good job so that you can make good money. And a good mm. job means something that you work probably quite hard at, right? Like, yeah. So money in general, my beliefs around money and that sort of thing were, I, I feel reasonably standard. However, one thing I noticed was that I really felt uncomfortable talking about money for a long time. Mm. Um, I didn't, like it wasn't, you don't ask people about how much they're earning. It's like, you know, that's off. Oh, limits. I had so that too. That was off yeah. limits in my house. Like we do not, ask, that was like a rule I was told, like you do not ask how much people earn yeah. and yeah, it's all secretive. Exactly. And it's to say like, oh, well, there's going to be shame if they're not earning enough mm. or it's you're being nosy if they're earning a lot, like as if there's, um, you know, rules associated with it. Like, mm. so and then also I noticed that money in our household was often linked with arguments because it, there wasn't a lot of it. There was often big discussions around how it was going to be used in the household. And so I kind of unconsciously linked money with stress, money with arguments, money with privacy. And so like anything um, that you suppress or you don't talk about, it becomes a shadow. Mm. And so money kind of became a shadow in my mm. life. Mm. And I would often go into my bank account and there'd be like literally like $8 sitting there. And I'm like, how, 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 how do we do this? Like, how do we sort out this system? Um, and, and how the fuck do people make thousands of dollars while they sleep? And so yeah. I totally like relate to people who are like, well, how the hell do, how do you go from A to B? Because it's such a big jump for a lot of people. Um, mm. And so I guess for me, it started with firstly stripping the shame from money. Mm -hmm. because money is not good or bad or right or wrong. It's not greedy. It's not, um, non-spiritual. It's mm -hmm. like money is just literally a piece of paper. It's money. And as a society, we've all agreed on how much that's worth. Plus it's and not even a bloody piece of paper these days. Like more and more, it's a number on the screen. It doesn't yeah. even exist. It actually yeah. doesn't even physically exist. It's literally yeah. numbers. That's it. Energy. Yeah. It's literally numbers. And so just, I guess to start there, it's like stop fucking judging money was my lesson for myself was stop telling yourself that if you have money, you're a bad person or you're greedy or you're insensitive to the struggles going on in the world. And also like, cause part of me, cause I guess I was going on a spiritual journey. Part of me was like, well, if I, I have to choose, I thought I had to choose between having money or being happy. And I yeah. thought that that was the separation. It was like, well, I can be broke and happy. And then that's a very heroic way to live my life. Right? Like I've got nothing, but I'm happy and centered within myself. And then there's also Which is a very common, um, like little slogan in the spiritual um, community, like that, you know, well, I don't need money to feel happy. And it's like, no, you don't, but you need money to eat really well. You need money to travel. You need money to um, put a roof over your head. You need money to educate pay yourself, money. pay your you bills. People, yeah. Totally. Yeah, anyhow, keep going. I think you're on, I love what you're saying. Yeah. 
Well, and, and it's that exact sentence. Like, I don't need money to be happy. Like they, they don't actually, happiness and money don't belong in the same sentence. Mm. Like they don't contradict each other. They don't, they're not even related, but we've made them related. And then we've made them kind of go against each other. And so then we had to, like put that onto our own identity. Like, well, if I'm happy, then, you know, I should be happy with anything. And so it's kind of this attachment thing. It's like, well, if you can be happy without money, show me you can also be happy with money instead of self-sabotaging and spending it all within two seconds or, you know, giving mm. it all away or that sort of thing. Right. But also yeah. at the same time, if you're really like comfortable with having a lot of money, like obviously there's, there's lessons and growth in not having much and still being happy. Right. So it's, they're not really related. It's mm. more so money is money. Mm. And then your happiness is your happiness. And you decide what sort of life you want to live that's going to light you up, make you excited, fill you with joy, inspire mm. you, fulfill mm. you. And then how much money do you need to fulfill that life? Yeah, like, I love that way of putting things. Yeah. So for me, that was um, very clear. Like I was like, okay, well, let's get really fucking honest with my life. I want to live in a beautiful home that inspires me every day. I wake up and I feel creative and inspired. I want big windows and natural light. Like I just got, I guess I gave myself permission to just go be a bit bougie. Like, Mm. like who's to say that you can't be really connected to yourself and have really nice things. Like who's making the rules here? Because we're listening to someone. I don't know who it is. We make our own rules for our own life. That's like, that's it. If you didn't know how it should be done, how would you do it? I love that about you, that you like bougie things and how like, you know, when we were um, sending links back and forth via text of like houses to buy and um, I said how I'd spoken to a real estate agent and you're like, did you mention to him that you like really nice houses and that you're super picky (laughs) and how, you know, I sent you ones and you're like, uh, that's, not bougie enough for you like you and it's like good to have friends that remind me I'll speak for myself that I actually like that's what I like and I used to have shame around that like that I wanted nice things and that I wanted the best bed linen and I want a fucking king bed and I want it to be soft and feel like a cloud and it's okay to to like and enjoy those things so I love that you love those things too yeah, I feel like you've been a really good reflection for me with that as well because, you know, especially with when you're in uh, – okay, so just from a practical standpoint regarding manifesting and then in terms of money, it's like if you want to live an abundant life financially because, of course, abundance is in every area of life. So if you want to live a financially abundant life, mm. then if you feel shame every time you're abundant, it's not going to line up. So the first thing is to release the shame and to get rid of that and then be like, okay, so if I want to live financially abundant life, what are the things that make me feel abundant now? Here's a classic example of literally this week for me and Tal. So every time we travel, we just pack these little like duffel bags and mm. you know, the zip's broken on one of them. The other ones are literally Tully's old footy bag. And we're just like, who cares? <laughs> it's a bag. Just chuck all the clothes in the bag. Let's go. And like, I never care. Like, I love simplistic things as well, right? Like, I'm, I'm happy to not be luxurious, but I do enjoy being luxurious. And so we've been traveling with these bags for years. And I'm just like, Tal, what are we doing? Like, why are we not getting nice suitcases that are easy to pack into the car and we don't need to take five extra bags for all of our, like, little things? 
And we're like, oh yeah, of course. So we just went to the shop and like bought nice, you know, aesthetically pleasing, good quality suitcases. Good on and you. Every time we pack our suitcases to go somewhere, it feels luxurious. Yeah. And it's like, what's a, I guess a good question to ask yourself, like what are all the little things I can do? And it doesn't need to happen overnight, but what are all the little things I can do that are going to upgrade my experience and make me feel more abundant in the moment? So it Mm. it doesn't mean you need to have a hundred grand in the bank, but like now I clear out my clothes cupboard and I Mm. only buy things that make me feel luxurious. Like I invest in my clothes, but I don't have a lot, but the ones that I do have, every time I put them on, I'm like, oh wow, I feel really luxurious. I put all my bed, like bought all new bedding, which I think you've done the same thing. Oh yeah. And my mattress and my pillows and my bedding and my new doona and like all of that. I think it ended up costing you thousands of dollars, which mm. at the time I had to save for as well. It wasn't like a, Oh yeah, I can just afford this. Like I intentionally saved up for that. But every night I go to sleep and I feel like I'm sleeping in a really abundant experience. Mm. And so all these little things start to allow abundance in our body and that mm-hmm. feeling of embodiment of abundance. And then it's like, that's the magnet. And then yeah. it falls and that even with the food you eat, like, you know, are you stinging out on, oh, we can only afford one broccoli a week or are you making it work so that you can actually live a really beautiful, healthy lifestyle? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and like, let's be also elephant in the room here. Like this is obviously a privileged conversation to be having. For I, I actually, yeah, I was thinking that like, cause people are going to, yeah, people will have a lot to say about this conversation if we don't acknowledge that we are coming from like a lot of privilege and um, yeah, it's big elephant in the room. So thanks for naming that. But, and in saying that, I feel like wherever we're at in the human experience, everyone can do what they can in there with what they know, what they have access mm. to, mm-hmm. to make it feel closer to what they're hoping for. You know, like mm-hmm. whether you, even if you live in a different country and have absolutely no money, there are ways that we can invite in the feeling of more freedom or the feeling of more ease or the feeling of more relaxation, even though mm. God, like there's a spectrum of human experiences so massive as well that like not everyone can do everything. Mm. But I'm, I'm just, I guess, speaking to your audience currently and the sort of people that I would, imagine to listen to your podcast would be in a yeah. position where they've got a phone in their hand. So they're already privileged to that extent, you know, that's true. And I guess we're both speaking from our own experience and we're not like, I, I can't speak from this experience of someone else who's less privileged than me. I can, I can aim to educate myself about, how to like understand what that would be like and how to give, you know, give, give back, give to, to less privileged people. And, but I, I can't speak for them. So, um, yeah, it's, so it's I guess to some extent, this is the disclaimer, but also at the exact same time, like it's a full-time job probably trying to mediate every conversation so that every single person feels included in it. So we'll just have to speak from our experience. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's do that. You know, when I was like a few years ago, I mean, fuck when I met you, 
I was like probably flat broke. I, there was plenty of times I could not afford coffee. No joke. Like, uh, and that was my highest priority back then of like drinking, you know, really great coffee every day. And I remember so many times I was like, I can't afford coffee. I don't have $4 in my account. And yeah, for years I struggled with money. Like it was a really like big challenge for me. And my common, my common kind of common complaint, whatever you want to call it was like, I can't afford it. And that was my excuse for everything. Like yeah. just everything. It got me out of so much if I said I can't afford it. So there was a lot of layers of different things going on, but, um, I uh, was lucky enough to have, um, a friend at the time who, she was like, you know, if you want to be living, like, if you want to have abundance, surround yourself, abundant wealth and money, surround yourself with people who already have it. And, um, I was like, yeah, but none of my friends do. And she's like, if you want to be at the five-star hotels and just be able to easily afford them, you know, go and stay at a five-star hotel, feel what it feels like to walk in and, and feel what it feels like to lay in a really luxurious, comfy bed, feel what it feels like to walk through the luxury cars in the car park and check in and, and feel those feelings. And so, um, we started me and an ex-partner, we started going to like five-star hotels every now and then and we couldn't even afford it. Like literally we we're scraping together coins. We probably couldn't afford our coffee, but we'd pay, you know, two, $300 to go and stay for like two nights or whatever the minimum was, which felt like a big fortune to go stay just so that we could like surround ourselves with people who stayed there and feel the energy of those people. And, you know, often a lot of people are miserable in five-star hotels. I've come to find out, but it was like, you know, at the time that was my goal. And anyhow, I'm reflecting that I'm now sitting in one recording this and like for me to stay here is like so affordable, if not, doesn't even put a dent in my bank account. And I'm like, fuck, I fucking did it. I'm like, yeah. that was only yeah. like what? When I met you, I was probably doing that maybe five years ago. So, yeah. <sighs> did What was your like, growing up like? Like what sort of um, beliefs and stories did you have to go through the process of shedding in order to get kind of from A to B for you, do you reckon? Um. Well, my experience growing up was mum and dad worked in like government jobs and they were both um, very hard, like hard workers and um, exchanged time for money. So, you know, there was no making money overnight um, and or while they slept, which I love that you want to do that and do that too because that's always been my goal. Um, and so there was a lot of like... I guess I never felt like there was enough money and my parents were really doing their best. Um, and they provided for me very sufficiently. And, you know, there was, there was never like a lack of food, um, or clothes, but there was definitely a feeling. I remember feeling like I wanted to actually look after my parents by not ordering the most expensive thing on the menu. So I would always look after them by ordering the cheapest thing. And I always had a sense that the, you know, they couldn't afford things and, so yeah, I, and, and money was very secretive. Like up to this day, I have no clue what they've ever earned. And, um, 
I was always taught you do not ask or talk about money or ask about any, what anyone earns. So even like you and I having those conversations, you know, a couple of months ago where you were like, fuck babe, we met, we made X, Y, you know, X amount of money in 10 days. And I was like, fuck yeah, I made this amount of money. And we like, just were honest, even that was like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm talking about how much I earn. This is still foreign to me at this age because of how I grew up. So, you know, I got to the age of about, I reckon like 18, 20. And I started to think, I don't want to, I want to work for myself. I don't want to just be in lack, but it took me, I reckon, what, how many years, like till I was 32 or something to really like the, the penny started dropping and that was like years of personal development and um, ups and downs and lots of times with no money in the bank. But I was so determined. Like I've always had a very laser focus on manifesting, having freedom. And for me, that part of that freedom to do what I want, freedom to travel when I want, freedom to not work, freedom to have sleep in on Monday mornings, freedom to not fucking work on Mondays, which I haven't done for at least like three or four years, all this stuff. And it, and for me, that meant being able to have a certain amount of money in my bank account so that I could pay the bills so that my nervous system could chill and not be worrying about paying the next bill. And that felt like freedom to me. And it's not all about money, but this is a part of it that gives me freedom, that feeling of freedom. And when your nervous system relaxes, it creates this momentum so that you can actually allow more in as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting listening to you then it brought up a couple of things because one, one of it being, you know, there's this idea that, if you make a lot of money, you must be doing something disingenuous in order to make that money. Mm. And, and it's like, cause even just listening to you just before and you're like, yeah, like fuck, we made this much this week. And to celebrate that in, even mm. in my body, then part of me was like, Oh my God, like, are people going to think blah, 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 blah. Are people going to think that like all my friends is on money. And, and that links to the idea that in order to make a lot of money, you have to be disingenuous with who you are. And yeah, that so old paradigm is this, I sacrifice who I am in order to make money yeah, and you have to do that. Of course, like, you know, the, the world is moving forward and everyone's on their journey within that world. Um, but I really believe that the new paradigm of creating abundance often requires you, especially if, if you're on a journey of self-discovery and you are connected to yourself and you do question who you are mm. and, and explore that it does require you to actually like choose and make decisions with your ethics and your values and to create your abundance through in, a, in an aligned way and mm-hmm. good people with money do fucking good things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to, I guess, touch on that briefly as, as you're talking, because yeah, I, I do know that that was something that I probably used to, think about a bit was like, Oh, if I have a lot of money, does that mean I have to like sacrifice my good heart? Yeah. And, true. You know, mm. That's yeah, true. I have another, but I've forgotten it. So we'll circle back if it comes there. 
I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by Pleasure School. Pleasure School is a monthly membership where together we study intimacy, conscious connections and how to embody our true sexual essence. Every month, students of Pleasure School access members-only educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video and guided home study. Pleasure School is led by myself, and I'm also joined by other teachers who are pioneering in the fields of sexuality, relationships, and holistic health. This is your chance to join a unique online school like no other in the world. Learn more and join Pleasure School at www.juliet-allen.com. That's J-U-L-I-E-T hyphen A-L-L-E-N Com. All right, I'll go back to the questions just so we can answer some people's um, questions. So I guess one of them, there's two that are similar, how to unlearn bad money habits and how to clear limiting beliefs around money and lack. So what are some of the things that you've done to clear those limiting beliefs that you picked up in childhood um, around lack of money, um, secret? you know, being secretive around it, um, bad money habits. Like if you're anything like me, I don't know actually, cause we haven't spoken specifically about this, but when I, what I, my pattern was, was then I started earning money, but I, I didn't know how to just be with having money in my bank account. So without knowing unconsciously, I'd like find ways to just spend it so that I could go back to zero so that I could feel comfortable again, because having zero in my bank account felt it was my comfort zone. And I felt like my identity, Oh, okay, cool. My identity is happy because my identity is, I don't have money. Um, and I can't afford it. So I just fucking spend it all. And, mm-hmm. and so then I had to, once I started earning money, I then had to re, um, like learn how to be okay with having say 30,000 sitting in my bank account. Yes. Yeah. Um, and not be like, what can I spend it on? Yes. Like actually allowing the time to, to readjust to that as your new normal mm-hmm. and as your new foundation. Yeah, for sure. It's a big yes. one. I don't know if everyone nails it. Like, you know, you hear about, or what was it? Um, oh God, what was it? Okay, it, there is an actual stat. You might have to Google it. But um, within, t- uh, so anyone who wins the lottery, it's it was like within two years, they're usually back to zero. Yeah, I've heard that one. Who knows the real stat? But like, it's very believable yeah. because um, I I would say a lot of people, and this is general and a bit judgmental, but anyone who's entering the lottery um, probably has a bit of lack mentality going on, whether they like to believe it or not, because it's like, well, that's the only way that they can. Yeah. I don't know. That's being judgmental, but <laughs> um, well, you, you, I know what you're trying to say though. It's kind of like, if you're entering the lottery, it's, I guess it's kind of this idea of someone can come save me rather yeah. than I'm going to for myself because I can and I've got the resources yes. within me to, be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for reframing it. <laughs> oh, wise one. Um, <laughs> so what are some of the things, um, what are some of the things like that you've done? Just a few practical things you've done, whether it's read a book or go to a course or chat to friends. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to say three things. 
one's extremely practical. People can go home and do it now. One people can start working on and one's probably a little bit more uncomfortable for people, but it makes the biggest change. Mm. Um, so attack me that you are basically, if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you're yeah. wanting to move into this space. So first one that you could probably start working on, um, and it might take a little bit, but is really mediating your environment. What are you saying about money? What are you saying about your financial situation? Are you talking as if it's always going to be this way? I can't afford this and I never will versus mm. I'm, I'm finding a way because that like, you know what you said before about I can't afford this. That was my vocabulary as well. I had to watch what was I saying about money and then it turned into, Oh, I'll find a way to afford that. Or that actually isn't my priority, mm. but either one. Right. Mm. Um, so what are you saying about money? How are you speaking about money? And when you do speak about money, how are you feeling about money? Also mm. notice that more often than not, we start speaking about money the same way our immediate environment and our community speak about money because especially in Australia, tall poppy syndrome, it's so rampant yeah. that if you feel like you're thriving and none of your community are thriving in that same way, mm. um, and I'm speaking very genuinely here. I feel very blessed to have quite a supportive community, but there have been times where it's been like, oh, well, who are you to have that? Mm. Like, who are you to have financial well-being when all of us are still like slaving away, busting our ass to, you know? So it's mediate your community because you don't want to feel like you can't talk about these things that inspire you either. Mm. You know, if, I've, if I made 10 grand one week and I'm freaking excited about that and I'm so proud of myself because I know where I've come from to get to that point, I want yeah. to be able to talk about that freely within my community. So if I couldn't, I literally like, and this is uh, somewhat brutal, found friends or I taught my friends that I currently had to be in this space as well mm. so that we celebrate it together. And it doesn't mean I'm not friends with people who don't have money. That's absolutely mm -hmm. fine. Like I've got a lot of friends and lots of different um, experiences going on. Me too, definitely. But it was definitely important for me to know that I could get excited about this sort of thing with my friendship mm. circle. And I also paid attention to what was going in my ears and what was coming out my mouth. So what podcast was I listening to? What books was I reading? How was I speaking mm. about money? Because our environment creates a feedback loop with us and we live into the environment and it mm. creates us. So that was definitely step one was like, how can I get around people who are inspired to talk about business? How can I get around people and have conversations with people who are running their own businesses, who are, bringing in money who in my circle is making money while they sleep. And if they're not, who is that I'm inspired by that I can invite into my circle. Right. So yeah. that was number one. And that was a big one. Like it doesn't, again, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's so important to take a look at. Um, because essentially like you want to be the person in your circle who's earning the least amount of money. Yeah. To some yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I remember my dream and like this used to like, literally, I'm not even kidding, make me cry, like sobbing at night. And Tully would like, he'd understand, but he was kind of like, babe, you're real sensitive. I don't know what time of cycle, <laughs> part of my cycle I was on, but I would cry at the thought of having money and my friends and family not having money and us never being able to do the same things. Like mm. I'd go to a nice hotel and they wouldn't be able to come or mm -hmm. any of like that sort of thing. Or I would be scared of the division it might create. If I yeah. have money, I'm terrified that my community won't. And then we feel separate yeah. because that didn't feel cool. So it's like, and even um, 
when Rafi was like five weeks old, I went to a hotel because Tal went away for a week to, to do some relationship workshops. And I literally just put a call out to my friends and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be here for a couple of nights, come stay. And they all came and stayed. And I just had such a moment, like emotional moment of just like, Oh my God, like Mm -hmm. we've done it, but we've done it together. Like I was able to bring my friends with me and we did this together and we're all, yeah, we're all like, you know, it's Monday, Tuesday, we're not working. We're at a hotel. Like my mind was just blown at the moment. And that's kind of the, my goal, my end goal is like, how can I bring my community with me? And if they really don't want to come, that's okay. But who does? Yeah. I love that. That's a really good point. That's awesome. So that point number one. Yeah. So point number one is your environment. Yeah. Point number two being um, a practice called scripting. I've actually got like a YouTube video. If anyone wants to search it, I think it's, it's a bit cringe because you know, when you go onto YouTube and it's, it's like a couple years ago and I'm like, welcome to my channel. Like, so I cringe when I watch <laughs> Can you send but, it to me? Because I remember we spoke about this recently about another area of my life. And I was like, oh, you mentioned something about scripting. And you know what? I've done it in a lot of personal development courses. So I know what it is, but I need like a little refresh. So yeah. um, send it to me. But um, tell, briefly tell It does make my vagina tense up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But, All right. Well, um, maybe just tell us on this podcast what it is briefly, and then you can refer people to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's actually a good video. Just the starts cringy. So if you search Caitlin Howitt, H-O-W-I-T-T, and I think it's just called scripting. Um, yeah, it should come up. I'll just send you the link to us. Anyway. Okay. Basically, um, scripting is a practice that you can do where you write out the story of your life as to what you're wanting to call in so that you can then live into it. So there's in our brain, we have like bias and confirmation bias. So we look for evidence in our life to prove to ourselves that our beliefs are true. Mm. And so if we're believing that we never have enough and that it's always hard and that we have to bust our ass. Then even if we don't want to believe these things, if these are our core belief systems, then unconsciously we're going to be looking and finding evidence to prove to ourselves that it's true. Whether it is or not. Because usually the duality exists, usually both exists. And then we find Mm -hmm. the, you know, we we almost get blind to everything that doesn't align with our belief system. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wipe my slate clean. If I didn't believe anything about money or my ability to make money or how I could make money, um, et cetera, et cetera, what would I want to believe? I was like, Mm. well, I would like to believe that it flows so effortlessly to me. Like it can't get enough of me and Mm. that I have the resources to uh, invest in all the small businesses within my community. And Mm. I have the resources to nourish my family and I have the resources Mm. to have you know, a beautiful home that I feel inspired by. And I have the resources so that I have the time freedom to, you know, do my passion projects or, you know, all of this stuff to rest as well. And so I kind of designed my ideal financial life and well-being, Mm. and then Mm. I wrote it down as if it was happening now. And I literally give us an example, like give us an example, say a paragraph of how, what tense you would write it in. Like, you're not like, Dear diary, next year I'm going to have a million dollars. Like it's not like that. So how do you do it? Oh, that's exactly what I wrote. Is it? I'm joking. I know. Oh. 
<laughs> no, what I wrote was, um, okay, here's an example. So um, I woke up today and I'm laying in bed and I feel so free in my body. I feel excited for the day because I have nothing on. I don't need to go to work. I have complete freedom to choose how I want to spend my time today. And I know that I have a full bank account or mm. I know that, um, like I, I log onto my phone and I check my bank account and I feel refreshed and I feel inspired and excited to check my bank account. Or um, I've been working really hard on my money mindset and every single day I'm feeling better and better about money. Every single day my relationship with money is improving. So mm. for some people, and this is what I found, it was like I couldn't go from having $8 in my bank account to being like, you know, I woke up, there's 10 grand in the bank account from last night. Cause that yeah. felt like so unrealistic and such a big jump. Um, so I really had to kind of bring it back to be like, I feel like my relationship with money is getting better and better every day. Mm-hmm. What this is doing is the idea is that you read it at night before you go to bed or you read it in the morning when you wake up instead of scrolling social media or anything like that. Um, I've recorded it before and just listened to it each night before I've gone to bed. Oh my God, that's a good one. I'm going to do that. Do that. Do that. You can even put music behind it, make it exciting. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I found though, and, and the idea of the script is that it starts to implement these new beliefs within your subconscious. So instead Mm -hmm. of saying I've got a shit money story and then leaving it at that. Yeah. It's, my relationship with money is getting better every day. And then your brain starts to look for evidence as to where your story with money is getting better every day. Mm. Where your is growing. Um, I feel really abundant, right? Yeah. It, then your brain starts looking for all the areas in your life where you currently already feel abundant. Mm. And so it's quite a powerful practice because what it's doing is it's rewiring your focus in your brain. And then the more you focus on where these things are happening, the more you create momentum, you start feeling better. When you're feeling better, that's creating the emotional magnet again. Yeah, that's so cool and such a good reminder for myself. So I'm amazing. Like I'm going to do it. My video goes into like depth, probably a bit more about the quantum physics and that sort of thing about it. So maybe I'll just link it to you. Send send me the video and what I'll do is um, I don't usually do show notes because um, I don't like working too hard and supplying more than just the recording. But what I'll do is if you email me the link to the video, (laughs) I will, um, I'll put it on my website under this podcast. Um, So go to my website. If you're listening, go to Juliet hyphenallen.com go to the podcast tab go to bonus episodes tab and find the one with caitlin and it will say caitlin on it it's episode um let me look it up now so that i'm it's going to be episode 19 and then um i'll put the video on there so people can watch it and they don't have to like google and then message you and bloody fucking blah so that's that cool so that's so that's scripting And then the last one, this one's probably just for those of you who are like really committed in like, you actually really want to dive into your money stuff now. Like you're keen to just get in there, like really bring yourself to like that next space of expansion. Um, And so basically I went to a workshop once, which was all about this and this is what we did. So it's kind of really getting into the emotional body about money now because the script works because it rewires your mind. And 
to make the script work really well is to make sure that you're feeling in a really excited, expansive state when you're reading it or listening to it, which is why I put on like inspiring music and I make sure I'm feeling good. It's not just like going to read it and get it done in the morning and then move on. So Mm. the idea is that it feels good and expansive when you're reading it. Um, And so with um, working on the emotional body regarding money, um, basically I wrote, we wrote down all of these different phrases about money. So, um, I feel like I can afford this or I can't afford this. And using examples, what did my dad say about money? What did my mom say about money? How did I feel when I grew up about money? Um, did I feel guilty or shame around spending money? How did I feel about saving money? How do I feel about making money? Right? So like, all of these different explorative questions and and there's no rules to them. Like write down just everything about money and just write it all down. And then every time you're journaling or writing about money and you notice something makes your insides feel a little bit tense or tight, or you feel your jaw tense up or you feel a bit of stress rise in your body. I feel blah, blah, blah. When I check my bank account, good example. Then as that feeling arises, you know that you've been triggered and it's not like a big ass trigger necessarily. It could be like, I remember when I used to talk about money, especially things like tax, it would really stress me out Mm. or like organization with money and that sort of thing. So whatever it is, as every time you write something and you feel that tenseness in your body, a trigger, that's when you go and you lay down and you let yourself move through that. So what that physically looked like in this practice that I was doing is I would imagine a golden ball in my body, wherever that trigger was. So it might be in my jaw or it might be mm. in my soul plexus, um, or yeah, in my leg, I don't know, wherever it is. And I imagine feeling how dense and heavy that feeling was. So if, when I was talking about my bank account, it would stress me out. I'd feel like I was avoiding looking at my bank account. So I'd feel that and it would always come in my solar plexus and I'm like, oh, it just feels like stuck and heavy and gross and I don't like it. And I would imagine it almost like a, a, um, a ball that you play pool with, like a yeah. pool ball, I guess. Yeah. yeah. My solar plexus. And so I'd feel it and it would be heavy. And then I would imagine that I would start rolling it around my body, up, down, up, down. And then I would, so now it's created movement. Now it's no longer just stuck in the because I've breathed it around my body. Mm. This is a hypothetical ball, obviously, guys. Yeah. And then I would imagine like a golden net or a web coming up through my body and taking the ball with it. And it might, mm. I might need to through a couple of times and I'm not kidding. Like there were times I would do this and my hands would start going pink and get like pins and needles all over them. And I, and my body would have a proper physiological release. Mm. And so I would feel like it would release. I might cry. I might like just, you know, whatever's going on. I gave myself the time space to do that. And then mm. I would go back to my journal and I keep writing. Oh, another trigger, go back, do the process. And oh, so this, wow. this takes a lot more time and energy to do, but it clears the emotional body from this now. So then when you're going to your script and you're writing all these really expensive things, your mind isn't like, yeah, that's bullshit. Like, it's yeah. Actually, or you yeah. don't like, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I interrupted you. Keep going. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. So that's probably the third thing. Um, and even if you just did one or two, you'll notice like it makes a really big shift in your life. Like it's really quite profound. Like even just moving one thing, like, okay, 
oh, money. Like, even if it's like I say money and you tense up. Okay, go feel that. You don't need to attach like a story as to why you feel that way. Oh, I feel stressed because this happened and this happened and this happened and that's why I feel stressed. Don't worry about any of that. Like literally the story is just our mind trying to um, give us some structure and context. It doesn't actually matter. Just go to the feeling, move it around your body and then kind of bring the net through to catch it and, and move it along and you'll feel it dissolve. And sometimes it takes a while and you might have to do it a few times and sometimes it's gone instantly, but what that does on your nervous system and your energetic body is phenomenal. And you'll immediately start seeing changes in your life financially. So good. I love all this advice. You're such a wise one. Amazing. <laughs> you just get me in the fields. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's amazing. Um, Okay, cool. So that was three practical tips for people who want to unlearn, like unlearn bad money habits. What I want to um, add to the tips, mm. I don't know whether you've read this book actually. I don't know whether we've chatted about this, but have you read The Barefoot Investor? Oh, I've probably gotten halfway through it and then life happened. Yeah. Okay, and so there's another one oh, I've tell you later. It's all good. Okay. Well, the barefoot investor, um, that's more about how to manage money because that's another thing. You can have heaps of money and not know how to manage it. The barefoot investor is very much like geared towards Australians, but you can still get it if you live elsewhere. But, um, because it's really just all about money and how to manage it. But that helped me. It gives, it gives us a system of like how to save. So, um, you know, putting away 20% for um, paying off debt, 10% for like a splurge account where you can spend it on anything like facials, clothes, whatever, fun account basically, 10% on um, like I think, oh, I forget because to be honest, I do it, but I've actually got it automatically set up. So when my company pays me on a Monday, I get paid a certain amount from my company and I've got it set it set up with automatic transfers and different accounts so that I disperse the money into different savings accounts. But the point I want to make is that book helped me get rid of all my debt, pay, be completely debt free and save money, save a house deposit, etc. So for those who like want to learn more about money management in a practical way, um, then I recommend reading the barefoot investor. That's my, my advice. Um, do you have anything else to add before I ask another question? Yeah. Just wanted to say that that's really good advice regarding, um, organization with money because a lot of the time like that's something that really overwhelms people and that's a a block that allows them to go to the next level and that's definitely something where I feel like Tal and I are really at now like we're reasonably organized with our money but like we know that in order to break through to that like next next level it's Mm -hmm. we really need to like get really clear with our financial organization and it's weird because it's like it's not as woo woo or fluffy or it's not like oh yeah just manifest energetically your money and like you know it's not as pretty of a conversation but it's actually really important yeah it's important to understand how do I manage money I think it's really important to educate ourselves on that because then we're not just earning the money that we manifest but we're also managing it in a really smart way rather than just be like oh I just earned 50 grand. Now I'm going to buy that car. I want to go back to zero. 
yeah. not have money to pay the bills, not have money for a holiday next year, whatever. Um, it's like an emotional cycle then, isn't it? It goes like, I feel abundant, now I'm broke. Feel abundant. It's kind of like with people who travel a lot as well. It's like you go on this amazing trip, you come home, you feel like you have to start again, get another job, save all your money, then you can go on this big trip. And so it's like breaking that cycle as well is really important. Yeah. Um, I have one last thing around manifesting before we move on. Do you guys use vision boards? Oh, I love a vision board. I don't have one at the moment. I am so visual though. Like, I don't know, you're probably mm. similar because I know that you're really artsy and just, mm. like anything beautiful that's aesthetic, like I'm just drawn to. So super important for me to have some sort of vision board. So at the moment I've got like a Pinterest version of a vision board and some evenings yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to grab a cup of tea and sit on Pinterest and I'll just like go through all my photos and allow myself to envision that reality. Um, but I'm dying to print them out and actually creating a beautiful board. I think it's a great idea. Like for a while I was like, Oh my God, that's so basic. Like being there, done that when I was 11. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so I kind of focused more on scripting, but yeah, I'm truthful with myself. I'm a very visual person. However, Tully, for example, he like, he just doesn't really understand vision boards. He's like, nah, but I think I'd rather make a vision book. Like I might just get a display folder and put all the pictures in a book and like kind of read it as a bedtime story to myself. That's a good idea. I think everyone's different with how they manifest. Like I'm a visual person. So I love, I've been had visual uh, vision boards. Like every year I'll do a new one and I'll do it maybe twice a year. Sometimes I get lazy and I don't do one, but most years I have. And I just, all I do is I do a Pinterest board first and I choose images of what I want in different aspects of my life. So like at the moment it's like um, beautiful home, travel, baby, et cetera, et cetera. And then I just put all, I save all those photos. This is giving like practical steps, save all those photos onto my desktop and then go to office works, print them out just on paper, get a piece of cardboard, cut them out, stick them on, and then literally do all this at office works, like spend like an hour at least office works is so fucking slow that it's usually five hours. Um, and then, um, I laminate it. Um, so anyhow, I laminate it cause I'm like, like things look pretty. And then I just put it up in my bedroom or wherever we've had one in the caravan. It's kind of, sometimes it's up, sometimes it gets lost, whatever. But, um, I always find that it just helps me to like, I don't even look at it every day, but somehow I manifest everything on my vision boards and I look back on them and I'm like, fuck, I got that car or I got that experience or I actually did travel to India or whatever it is. So that's another way. Cause there have been questions on, you know, on the Instagram shout out around how do you exactly manifest? And that's one thing that I do. I also do Joe Dispenza and guided meditations. I did one last night. Um, I do like, I go, so go to Joe Dispenza's website and you can download different manifest manifesting, like meditations. Yeah. They're all about manifesting and they got visually guide you through manifesting, feeling in your body. What does it feel like to have these things or to feel that way, etc. So, yeah, it's, it's actually such a good question to ask. It's like, well, how do you practically manifest? Because like, if we're just really honest with how the general society has been raised, especially in Western culture with our schooling system and everything, like almost everything is taking us away from our power and our innate ability to create and magic mm. that actually exists. And so 
it is a process of unlearning and then it is a process of relearning the fact that we are literally gods in our own little worlds and mm, it's true. really incredible when you can tap back into that magic that we've all we all have mm. and utilize that for our own lives and I really feel like that's a big part of the new world and what, what we're all moving into you know 2020 and beyond I guess is is really coming back to ourselves in our center and being like well what do I want what mm. can I create if, if anything's possible what is it that I want and then to move towards that in a way that feels inspiring and light and, mm. and exciting as well yeah true all right so I think we'll wrap up soon and I wanted to go into two other topics I feel like let's just touch on them very briefly but I think the better idea would be to like um save chatting about them in depth to another time so at the start of this episode I said we talk about conscious conception which in a way is just manifesting so that's yeah. kind of on topic and home birth. But um, I don't want to spend heaps of time um, on them because I feel like this has been a lot for people to digest. Um, yeah. Before we get into those, one question, and I, I want to touch on this, is how was how to find open, deep and meaningful friendships with other women. So, like, do you want to just touch on that briefly from your perspective? Because I think yeah. that's an important one. Like, you know, we have we have a really cool friendship. Like we don't talk all the time. In fact, we very rarely talk on the phone, but like, and we don't always text all the time because we've both got our stuff going on and we don't need to. But when we do, you know, you'll send me like a pic from the toilet or something and like, Oh, <laughs> oh the truth is out. <laughs> yeah. The truth is out. Um, but we just have like, we can just talk about anything. It is yeah. like, you know, and that's beautiful. And I know if we met up, tomorrow we'd be able to just be honest and open and real with each other. And, and like, so how do you manifest friendships like that? Yeah. I mean, I can only really speak from my experience, of course. Um, I think firstly is, I guess, what's your standard for relationship and friendship and then to, I guess, question that and, I guess someone's got to smile first in any situation. So if it's not what you want it to be, how can you invite in a new standard for your friendships? So mm -hmm. a lot of my friendships, um, I've had like a lot of long-term friendships that have evolved over time. And so we go through phases of being a bit more distant and a bit closer and we grow together. Um, I never feel like I'm not allowed to grow because my friends aren't growing as well. And that's been something that has had to be learned within the friendship. So, and like, say if you've got friends currently that you're like, Oh, like I love them to bits, but we're not like that complete match with all of our values and that alignment piece. It's sometimes it requires you to step up and be like, Hey, this is my new standard for friendship. Are you wanting to like come along for this wild ride or not? And then losing the attachment, like it, this journey isn't going to be for everybody. However, a lot of people are just waiting for an invitation because they didn't know that you were willing to allow that growth either. So mm -hmm. um, I've had conversations with friends where, for example, maybe um, in the past, like we were gossiping and mm -hmm. I really sat with them like, God, I don't actually want to be in drama and I don't want to gossip. And that isn't something that makes me feel good. And it's not something that I want to invite into my life anymore. 
And then thinking either A, I have to continue gossiping in order to remain connected to the people in my life mm. or I have a new standard. And so it was literally as easy as a conversation. Hey, actually I'm setting myself a challenge to no longer gossip. It's not a thing I want to do. You don't have to come along. Like you can still do whatever you want, but if the, if you guys are gossiping, that's cool. But I might actually just be leaving the conversation. Okay. Like I, mm. I probably won't. Or you can do it with me and we can keep each other accountable. And that would be really cool too. And yeah. by doing that, it like invited in a new respect within friendships, but also then for the like women and everything like that as well. And a new standard. And so that made the friendship now feel more aligned. Yeah. Um, so that, I guess is that it's just setting new standards and just having that open conversation and without the attachment, knowing that what you're bringing to the table may not actually be in alignment for that person. And if it's mm. not, it's okay. It doesn't mean you don't have to be friends either. Like you can disagree on something and still love each other a bit and just be living your lives. And you might circle back in or you might circle out. Mm. Um, another way to call in friendships though, would be to just do the work on yourself so that you can confidently, um, show yourself as you want to be share about your passions, the things that inspire you, your beliefs, etc., mm. Um, and do what you need to do in order to be confident in that. Because the more that you stand strong in those and be open about them, the more other people can see you and they know if they're a match and they'll flock to you in that way. So like, yeah, it's like you attract your, you know what, this is going to sound such a stupid cliche quote, mm-hmm. but it's like your vibe attracts your tribe. You know that hey, one? You- Jules, you should write that down and put it on your vision board. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's so corny and, you know, I don't like it. But it's true. Like, we, you know, so, I know. It is true. Because it is true. Like, your vibration and your energetic standard for yourself, for your community, your ability to work on yourself so that you can show up as you really want to be showing up in alignment with your values gives other people permission to do that. And like mm. social media is a really great way. Most of my, in fact, all of my closest friends right now, I met initially through social media. Wow. And I could tell that I was interested in being friends with them because of what they shared on social media. I could see, oh yeah, we're a match. And mm. because I was so vocal about my values and my beliefs on social media, people could see me and be like, yeah, we're a match. And then mm. that connects us that we go meet for a coffee or we go for a walk or something like that. And then that blossoms into a friendship. But if I'm silent about who I am, how is anyone supposed to find me? Yeah. But I don't want to be, pro- I don't want to be promoting like we have to get on social media to like, this no. is the way is go and talk about, you know, all your vulnerabilities on social media too. But no. I love that. That's your, your, the way you've connected. Well, and that's how we met. Well, it's, it's an avenue that, like you can take that exact same concept and put it in your life. Like for example, yep. okay, what are your beliefs? What are your values? Do you align with that workshop that's on? Okay, go to it. Like have the courage to go to the workshop, just yeah. like someone would have the courage to speak out about something on social media. It's the same thing. Go mm-hmm. to the workshop, meet people with aligned values. Um, and you know what? That's how I met Tully, your husband, is yeah. that I went to, I think I was in Melbourne and I went to a, like a tant, random tantra workshop and, um, yeah, and he was there. He was one assisting on it and I was instantly like attracted to his energy because he was younger and I was like, oh, a normal guy in tantra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I was like, oh, he looks cool. And, and we chatted and he was just like 
blokey and cool and real and and we became instant friends and then that's I guess we met separately but then that's how you and I connected was you and Tully were together and we all kind of hung out and and vibed each other but um it's funny you say that because that's how yeah that's how I met him was had the courage to be like I'm interested in this I'm gonna go and see what it's all about and when I got there I met other people there but other people who have the same interests as me the same values the same um, interest in communicating openly and honestly and it's like you're not gonna find that if you're going out clubbing every weekend Totally. Yeah. Like, and the, well, you're going to find people. And then you, <laughs> then you probably meet yeah. all your friends. Yeah. You're going to find people who drink and club every weekend, go to the clubs and there's nothing wrong with that. Fuck. I've had my fair share of that, but, but like it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We've, we've covered that question pretty sufficiently. <laughs> so let's, let's finish off with, we're talking about manifesting. How did you manifest Rafi, your son? Because, like, you've wanted to be a mum since you were so young. And, you know, we this is another thing we have in common is that we love being mothers and we fucking love pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding and everything about it. And it's something that I think both of us, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Now, actually, I know this is true about you. It's like, because <laughs> we have so many conversations, about this, but it's like take out, you know, what we do for a living or what our social media presence is or, you know, anything. And mothering is like the deepest purpose Mm. that fulfills our hearts really. So how did you manifest Rafi? Give me all the things (sighs) you thought. Are you now now leaking your nipples? I bet they are because you're just like. Now now the milk's coming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so we decided to consciously conceive. So like I was more than happy to fall pregnant, um, accidentally, like boat one knocked me out. Um, but we wanted to consciously conceive because we just thought like, you know, if we've got the luxury of time and resources to choose this baby, then why wouldn't we take the time to prepare our body to prepare our mentality, to prepare our emotional state, to prepare our relationship, to prepare our finances. Like why wouldn't we take that time to prepare everything to then choose to conceive this baby? And it wasn't to the point of being anal and perfectionist about it. Like, cause I also trusted that, um, you know, if you don't have the resources, like, this was my belief for my own life. So I guess I found it. Um, I was like, it'll happen, you know, like um, the resources will find us. If we, if we're going to have a baby, baby will bring us the resources for us to live a thriving life and have the time to be with him and that sort of thing. So Mm. uh, it started with, I guess, some pre-birth communication and uh, connecting to the spirit of our future baby um, and we mm. started doing that like a couple of years before we even conceived uh, mm. physically. And because I, I'm sure a lot of mothers out there or mothers-to-be can relate, like that yearning for a baby, that feeling that there's a baby mm. around, that isn't just hormones and it's not fake. Mm. Like when you're yearning for a baby, it's because there's a baby there. There's a spirit mm. baby there. And I'm sure some people maybe don't share these beliefs. This is just my world over yep. here and but, I agree um, with you so this is my beliefs too so okay. continue yeah. 
Um, so yeah, the, the babies have spirit and just like when we die, I believe that the spirit lives on and mm. maybe gets reincarnated or maybe hangs out on the other side. Like, I don't know right now. Mm. Um, but I do believe that, you know, we come from somewhere too. And, and the spirit of a baby, the soul of a baby is quite very much there before it's conceived and especially very close to conception. Like I know lots of people start having dreams about their baby, that sort of thing. So babies communicate when they're a spirit through dreams, through gut feelings, through intuition, through emotions, they, they make you choose things that later on you're like, Oh yeah, that all lined up. I get it now. Mm. I get mm. why he, that job is so that we could then have this, this and this and this. So I know why I stopped doing that. You know, like I know why I started eating really healthy right before we conceived or so there's so many stories and there are so many stories of people having the most vivid dreams of their children. And they know what they look like. The children tell them their name. They're like, mom, I need you to do this, this and this in order for me to come through. So there is this communication line if you're open to it. Mm. So I knew this. I was like, this is awesome. I was having dreams of a blue eyed blonde hair baby boy. I knew that we were having a blue eyed blonde hair baby boy, which is exactly mm. who we have now. And leading up to conception, I could feel the energy. So whenever I would meditate, I would feel what he felt like. And I was like, oh, mm. like my future baby feels really grounded and he feels really wise. I'm like, he's a guide and he's just like a light and a joy in life. And mm. like, I felt like he felt almost responsible to show me how good it could be. And you know, at the time I was like, I don't know yet though, if this is just me with wishful thinking mm. or if this is like, I'm actually connecting and communicating with this baby. And then mm. once he was born, I was like, Oh, it's snap on. Like it's, it's exactly who he is. And so that yeah. kind of gave me more faith into my intuition. Cause I guess that's mm. the process of intuition is like, you get the intuitive hit and then you learn to trust it over and over again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pre-birth communication was big for us. And so we did lots of different things to connect to Rafi. We did like um, a fear burning ritual where mm. Tal and I both wrote down like all of our fears uh, for becoming parents. So my fears to Tali, like, did I believe that he would be able to provide, um, mm. especially during pregnancy or birth itself specifically? Uh, was I scared of birth? Was I scared of becoming a mom, a newborn, no sleep? Um, was I scared of losing myself? Was mm. I fearful that our relationship would fizzle? Or like, mm. what were all that is? Would I? Did I believe I could be a good mom? Did I believe Tully would be a good dad? Like, where were my fears? And we wrote them all down and Tully did his as well. And then we burnt them together. And that was a really beautiful ritual that we did because it really just made it feel like we were engaging in the process of conceiving before Rafi was even physically here. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I personally believe the, the path of parenthood begins long before you conceive if you're on the journey of conscious conception. Like yes, second definitely. You, your, your mom, you know, your mom to a spirit baby and then it turns into physical so, that definitely happened with my daughter. I don't yeah. say her name because I don't know. I just don't, but um, just for her, cause she's a teenager and you know, but um, definitely happened with her like way before she was conceived. She, there was a presence there and I felt yeah. her. Yeah. 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 So you did like some preconception, like way before you even started trying, you had well consciously yeah. trying cause you were secretly probably hoping you're pregnant every single month from the moment you met Tully. Um, yeah, it's actually really interesting because we, in 2018, we'd had a period of months where we weren't using like, any protection or anything like that. And we we're just like, yeah, we'll just leave it up to the universe. Like if we fall pregnant, mm -hmm. we fall pregnant to be. 
And that was me kind of being like, please let me fall pregnant. But Tully like wasn't ready. And mm. I feel in him, he was kind of trying to make me happy rather than being a hundred percent two feet in. Mm. And he didn't fall pregnant like over and over and over again. And we were having heaps of sex around ovulation and everything. And it was really stressing me out. So I was like, God, like, am I able to? Well, like, yeah. you know, is this my nutritionally deficient or like, you know, all these thoughts come up, especially like as I guess a woman and you feel like that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then um, we stopped trying because it was so emotionally exhausting for me. And I was, and I say trying, we stopped being open to it. I'm like, tell, I just need, it needs to be yes or no. I don't want um, the, the possibility every month anymore because it's putting so much stress on my body. Um, so we just completely stopped for ages and that's when I just completely started focusing on my nutrition, my well-being, my emotional well-being, my physical well-being, like, and preparing my room, like doing as much work energetically, everything as I could, clearing fears, um, writing letters to my spirit, maybe asking him, like, what do you need in order to come through? Mm-hmm. And like, he often quite clear. He's like, okay, organize this, get you. For me, it was a lot to do with my health and well-being. And for Tully, it was a lot to do with his choice. Um, mm. his feeling of being financially well. And so then when we actually decided to start trying, instead of me being like, okay, now's when I want to fall pregnant. We tuned in to him. Like, when is it aligned for you to come through us? And it was very clear. It was like August or September, 2019. Mm. And so we're like, okay, well, we won't try until then. Like it makes wow. no sense trying until then. So we just kept staying connected with ritual and ceremony and we mm. would communicate to him all the time. Like I'd pull cards and I'd have this one card that would jump out of the deck called uh, Earth Sun. And mm. whenever I was trying to like talk to Rappi, which I didn't know his name was Rappi yet, um, I'd like get all these messages in the cards and I'd be like, okay, if this is all like legit communication, I need the earth card, earth sun card to pop out of the deck. And I would just be like, it needs to fly out of the deck. I don't believe it. Like, and Mm. it would literally fly out of the deck and then check the card and it was earth sun. And Mm. Rafi was born in May. So he's a Taurus and it's literally an earth sign and he's a boy. Like, which is nuts, but I think it's also beautiful. Mm. Um, so what I noticed with Rafi, um, I don't know if anyone's into human design, but he's a projector. So projectors need to be invited into whatever they're doing. And so with Rafi's spirit, he needed to be invited in by Tully and I and consciously chosen. It was like, mm. yes, we will be now is the time from both of us. And the second Tully and I were both like, yes, now he came through. Beautiful. But yeah, that's so cool. Like, some kids are happy to come through as a, like, and I quotation mark accident, like surprise. Some yeah. kids that that's their path and some kids need that consciously chosen. Mm. Oh. oh no, you just you- cut out, but that's okay. I can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So for some kids, they can be consciously chosen and other kids are just happy to come in whenever. Yeah. And um, yeah, the night we, but, or the month that we were going to conceive, we did a lot of ritual. We did a lot of slowness. Um, we focused a lot on embodying, like if I wanted to be pregnant, 
what sort of pregnancy did I want? Okay, I wanted a really slow pregnancy, one where I was really connected to myself, where I could be out in the garden or I could be collecting flowers or painting a lot, that sort of thing. So mm. I needed to embody all of that now. How would I eat when I was pregnant? Oh, I'd be quite healthy and well, like in my ideal head, that's what I wanted. So we embodied like that now so that the emotion was here. How would I feel when I was pregnant? Oh, I'd feel like my baby's here. Well, the reality was like my spirit baby was here. So mm. he is here. I, I, I stopped waiting for pregnancy in order to feel like I was becoming a mom because I started embodying the feeling that I was already becoming a mom. That's and cool. Like that helped close the gap a bit, you know? Yeah. 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 And so then we just chose and then the first month that we tried like back in the second time you know like not 2018 2019 when we started trying he came through immediately because I feel like he wanted and we listened to the guidance rather than trying to like dictate it ourselves yeah yeah that's so cool well I've heard that story so it's not like I haven't heard it before (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah oh my god that's amazing like that's um heard it plenty of times and love it which is why you're here because I wanted you to share that because you know lots of women have been curious um around like asking me about conscious conception and um you know I'm not going to go into detail around my experience in it right in this episode maybe one day I will but you know, you've always inspired me with, with your attitude towards it and your beliefs and the way you and Tully have worked together as a team to like create a child and, and invite them into your life. So yeah, thank you for sharing. I don't really have any questions and I just think just even you sharing that story is enough to inspire others to perhaps think outside the box or if they are wanting to conceive or if they're feeling that yearning to conceive, which is such a strong feeling for so many women um, and, and for men. So, yeah, thank you. Um, if, if they go onto my Instagram, um, I've got a highlight called Baby Prep and that's essentially our whole conscious conception journey. Awesome. So they can go have a look and there's lots of resources and that sort of thing. So what's your Instagram for those who are listening who want to find you? Uh, it's the Cat O'Connor. So that's the full stop, then Cat with a K full stop, and O'Connor, which is O-R at the end. Wait, spell O'Connor. O-C-O-N-N-O-R. But you don't have an apostrophe in Instagram handles. No, but you said to... Check your Instagram <laughs> and then spell it out. I'm recording now. So it's O'Connor without an apostrophe. Okay, cool. Um, I will post this anyhow on my Instagram, which is at Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T underscore Allen, A-L-L-E-N. I'll post, you know, about this and I will tag you in it so people can find you through me if they can't find you. Um, Cool. So um, one last thing, you chose a home birth, which is epic and, you know, you know that I'm a big fan of, of um, birthing at home. How was that experience? I, I, I don't think we'll go into the whole experience because I'm conscious that this has been a, quite a long episode. And um, But, yeah, you had a beautiful experience, didn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, we were, I won't go into it heaps now. I'm, like, people can follow along and go back through Instagram and find lots of bits and pieces I've shared about the journey. Um, yeah. But her beautiful and magical and I feel grateful that we were able to do a home birth um mm. we live in a beautiful area that has two home birth midwives here 
that, um, so it's quite popular to do where I live at the moment. Um, and yeah, it was just a very connected, intimate experience for Tal and I. And I feel like mm. we did everything we could to prepare for that. Um, and then we also, I guess, just released as much attachment as we could to it and just knew that baby is going to come through how baby wants to come through at the end of the day. Mm. And so we can just set ourselves up for success and we can, you know, have the highest intentions for ourselves and then to just let it go to, to fate really. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was beautiful. We'll share our home birth video at some point. Um, it's quite special for us though. We're quite sacred. So, um, mm. If you're pregnant currently though, and you're about to give birth and you want to watch um, a beautiful home birth, then just swing me a message and I'll, I'll private link you, but we haven't shared it publicly yet. Awesome. That's really cool that people can do that, especially women who um, need some positive vibes in their life around birth because there can be so much negativity around it. And, you know, that's why I love sharing other women's stories of great birth experiences because it's, they're not shared enough. And yeah. um, it can be a beautiful experience, and and yeah, so I'm okay. stoked. That I feel a little bit like um, you know, like I I like to be sensitive to everyone's experience of birth because mm. you know there's lots of different things that can happen. But mm. um, I guess I kind of just went into it with the mindset of like, if I didn't know again, if I didn't know how it should be done, if I didn't listen to like how everyone births, like how mm. would it feel most natural for me to birth and mm. And how can I, what would be my dream birth and how can I do everything in my power to make that a reality and then just like surrender it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Cool. I do have another episode. Um, and it's about like ecstatic birth, etc. So if people are listening and they're interested, go back through other seasons and there is an episode somewhere. <laughs> Yes. So I don't know, remember the number or anything, but it's somewhere. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, I know you came back early from your time away to record this. Um, And I appreciate that you've taken time away from Rafi because he's so young. Appreciate Tull for babysitting Rafi. Well, just looking after his son, Um, (laughs) which is, you know, not a big ask. Um, and yeah, I just, I love, love chatting to you and you've really inspired me. I'm going to do some scripting, but, um, before that I'm going to get off of this and watch a certain trashy TV show that I'm not going to admit I watched to all the listeners. Um, I'm going to watch it. So (laughs) what did you say? I'm also going to watch it. So our beautiful non guilty pleasures, Yes, definitely. Eat a burger and then I'm going to do some scripting. Um, So, yeah, thanks for inspiring me and no doubt you've inspired many other people who are listening. Um, Is The the best ways to contact you is on Instagram, hey, at the moment. Yeah, and then my email's through there if it's anything pressing. Yeah, cool. And others, I'm like, yeah. Yep. I understand that one for sure. All right. Thanks so much. Love you, Jules. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been so good to chat. Love you too. It's a pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Sex Podcast. If you love the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would also love it if you share the podcast with your friends, family and your Instagram followers. Doing this together as a community, we can make an impact and support the world to feel more sexually empowered and free. And if you'd like to join me for daily updates and sex inspiration, find me on Instagram at Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T underscore Allen, A-L-L-E-N. You can also head on over to my website to join Pleasure School or purchase your very own Juliet Crystal Pleasure Wand, www.juliet-allen.com. 